0: Welcome to Teacher Radio, where we have real conversations about real teaching. I'm your host, Maggie Darnell. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing extracurriculars and boundaries, which I think is such a fun topic to to discuss. So there's... I guess I should start with saying I am definitely a person who struggles with saying no. Um, I actually think quite a few teachers are because we just like to please people. And if you're anything like I am, you really care about your students and you want to be with them and you want to give them as many opportunities as you possibly can. And sometimes that can come at a cost. So I feel that this episode goes really well with last week's episode on taking care of yourself and self-care and creating boundaries. So with that, let's go ahead and dive into the subject. I wanted to start with saying I have done so many extracurriculars in my six years of being a teacher so far. I, my first year, said yes to everything. I helped with the school play, I helped with student council the second year, I helped with track, I helped with cross country, I Literally just threw myself into it. And so now here we are at year six and I am the head cross-country coach for the middle school I am an assistant coach for the track team. I am no longer involved with student council or the school play Um, Those are two things that I'm going to talk about like when and how I knew to say no and how I handled that and Then I also help sponsor a book club um, and This year I started like a little Dungeons and Dragons group that meets after school on Mondays. So, I think that's all that I'm involved- oh, and then I also lead students on international trips. I almost forgot about that, which involves lots of concession work and fundraising and things like that. So, I have done so many extracurriculars, so perhaps I'm not the best person in the world to talk about setting boundaries with these, but I'm gonna tell you a few things that work for me. Uh, starting with my first year or two and what I realized with the student council as well as what I realized with helping with the play and just some of these things. These were things I really enjoyed but I wasn't as passionate about. So sometimes you say yes to something because you perhaps were good at it in high school or college or it's something that you always wanted to do. And so you say yes. And you're like, yeah, like, uh, let me add it. I want to help. I want to be a part of this. And then you realize this isn't near as much fun on the opposite side. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened to me with student council. Some of it was the time commitments of, I just really didn't want to do concessions because I actually hate concessions. I can do it. I'm good at it, but ugh, it's really boring selling people nachos um anyway I, I like hanging out with students and like getting to know them better in those sorts of situations but the the shopping and the planning and everything else is a bit of a headache anyway so I just I didn't I didn't want to give up all of my time for all of the games for the all the basketball seasons and the football seasons and the volleyball and all of that just doing those things so um that's how I knew it wasn't gonna work for the student council side of things. As well as I just didn't feel like when I was involved with student council that it was a thing that I could put the effort into um, at the time that I had the the energy and the, the, the capacity in my life to really make it into something that I thought would be worthwhile and that I thought would be really beneficial to the school. So that's when I knew like, hey, I should probably step out of that. And so as soon as I knew that, I let the teacher that I was um, co-sponsoring student council with know uh, and just had a brief conversation with her about kind of my reasons and then, you know, wanting to make sure that she had the support and stuff that she needed. Uh, If she wanted to continue it, she wasn't going to continue it either. So uh, letting our principal know that he would have to find somebody else to replace us for that so that's kind of how saying no and stepping out of that one went and then I helping with the play my first year I've always really enjoyed acting I have thought it was really fun um took lots of drama classes and stuff as a kid and took uh classes in high school and some in college and I <laughs> just decided it wasn't for me at the middle school level i guess um i i have nothing against melodramas but i'm not they're like their biggest fan and that's kind of what the school did every year so i just decided like i didn't need to be a part of that and i gave up a lot of free time um especially on long weekends to come in and like Help with the play, so that was a pretty easy one to say say no to. Again, just letting the the head director know, like, hey, thank you so much for the opportunity to learn and to be part of this, but no, thanks next year. <laughs> and then as for the ones that I I continue to do, so the cross country, the track, uh, I for one never actually did school sports when I was in school. <laughs> um, I am a late-to-life runner. I don't know if you can really say that since I'm still in my 20s, but I I was never really big into that. So the fact that I am now a coach blows my mind and kind of makes me chuckle because it's so far out of what I would have considered my wheelhouse. However, um, helping with cross-country that first season, I realized, hey, this is a thing that I really actually love doing and getting to see the students... Fall in love with running and compete. That was really, really rewarding. However, I didn't want to do it for free, (laughs) which is what I had done. And so I uh, made sure that I took the courses that summer. uh, Went to a coaching clinic so that I could be paid for my time for that. So that it was it was worth the amount of time that I was going to put in for it. And then just kind of became the cross-country coach. Uh, And it's been so fulfilling and the team has grown so much. And then in track, uh, just stepping up from an aide to an assistant coach, I am really pleased with the head coach that we have for track. And she's one of those people, this is the other piece of extracurriculars uh, and boundaries is knowing and some of this is trial and error, but knowing if you work well with someone and that you can learn from these people. So I learn so much every single season that I work with the head coach of our track team. Um, She is... An amazing amazing coach and someone that I admire very much and she has taught me a lot about what it means to be a good coach and helps me coach better in when I'm kind of by myself for cross-country uh, as well as in track so anyway but just paying attention to the people that you're working with is always a really really good uh, thing to, to, to notice because it can be the make-or-break for some of those extracurricular things that you're considering taking on or taking off your plate. So some of my other ones that I've done, the book club extracurricular, Uh, I had a student who came to me and she really wanted to set that up, so we had a psychologist intern that year and he and I set it up and then I've continued it and he's obviously gone off and gotten a job somewhere else um, after he finished his internship, but that was rewarding and just the student really wanted it. And so in that, I I buy the books, I provide the room and a safe location for these students to do this and to have discussions about the book as well as just to like be their, their, their true selves. And I don't mind doing that. It's one lunch a week and I already have a lunch duty. Uh, The way that the duty schedules work at my schools, I know that those can seem like extracurriculars, but they are kind of non-negotiables for us. So you have to take certain duties, um, like which ones you get are your choice, but you still have to take them. So I have one lunch duty and then I have this Wednesday lunch book club and the book club makes me, it gives me much joy and it's fun to watch these students come together and discuss literature and then when it's time to choose a new book, how they all get excited and book talk, different things. So uh, that's very much in my wheelhouse as well as an English teacher to, you know, help sponsor a continued love of books. (laughs) Um, And it's fun to see students from all walks of life come in and be a part of that. So there's that piece and then, Um, my husband and I started playing Dungeons and Dragons and my students seemed kind of interested and I'd Heard kind of around the edges that there were some students looking to play, but they didn't have a dungeon master and I was like, well, that sounds like something that I could probably do and I'll be honest if I was to Try and do this. I probably will will only do this this one year Um, (laughs) Just because it's a lot of work actually to DM to be a dungeon master and so I just don't have the time or energy to put into that because it's just not a thing that I'm I'm that passionate about, even though I do want to give students that opportunity. So that would be one of those things of trying to find someone to replace me in doing it or to find a student who could take over it and then just providing the space for them to do that in my room but without my more active involvement. So that's one of those things too that you learn in setting those boundaries is... And some of it, again, is trial and error, but you you realize, oh yeah, this is not a thing that I was as passionate about, uh, so that's a no but you still want to provide those opportunities to students. And sometimes you're the only person who could. So being able to ask for help is really, really important. And then uh, also just providing them space, but giving them the the structure and scaffolding for them to run their own event or club and so that's kind of what's happened with book club where we have student presidents and they lead the discussion and they take all the votes and things and i'm just really providing a room at this point um which is great as i'm starting i'm i'll be moving this summer actually that'll be the subject for another uh episode but just just knowing like what can you give and what that looks like and what the purpose of that giving is so are you like all in totally involved or is this just a, I'm going to give you the space and scaffolding that you need and I'll be here if you really need help. But otherwise you're kind of doing it by yourself, which I think is like the perfect way to do it, especially with middle school students with high school students. I imagine you would give a lot more uh, <laughs> leadership role too, and they would probably need a little bit less help or help in different directions and making uh, larger impacts with some of those student groups. So there's that piece. Now, Perhaps the biggest extracurricular that I've ever done and the the biggest commitment certainly are these international trips that I lead. So I work with a company called Education First and we take students uh, to different countries around the world every two years and so I started my second year I think. Uh, taking students to Costa Rica which was fabulous and then two years after that we went to Peru and last year we were supposed to go to Eastern Europe to Hungary, Slovenia, and Croatia but of course COVID hit and so that didn't happen and that's been pushed back Um, and that's that's a huge one. So also understanding the level of responsibility that you're willing to take on would be a factor in setting those boundaries. Some people would be very uncomfortable taking students to foreign countries, doing that amount of fundraising, working with parents, uh, then supervising parents and students uh, on those trips. So some of that is just knowing what it is that you're getting yourself into and are you really ready for that level of commitment. So like the little ones like playing Dungeons and Dragons once a week with kids. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty easy. That's not a whole lot of time, commitment, etc. Whereas getting students ready to travel abroad and learn bits and pieces of whatever language is spoken in those places that we're going, or how to haggle, or that a bathroom might be different, or just helping broaden those horizons and give them a little bit of information about where they're going so that they're prepared and We leave a good impression of not only our school and our city and our state, but also our country I think is really important. So that one takes most of my time uh, When I when I've been doing it and so getting ready to move and this is one of those pieces as well when you start an extracurricular uh, and you take it and you you build this this large and beautiful thing that you're really, really passionate about. It's always nice to have an exit strategy. So I've been looking for my colleagues who I think share similar values to me for these projects that I really love. Um, that and then talking with them about what it would be to take it over. And I think I found a really good fit for this travel program that I've um, really not necessarily started, but really grown into a thing. Um, that I think is quite exceptional in a small rural town in Wyoming. Uh, So they're those pieces that I think are particularly crucial and just if you know that you're going to leave your school and you're really involved, making sure that you know the people that you work with so that you can ask them for help and that you can talk to them about your programs and See if they'd be willing to take it over. I think that's really, really crucial. As well as making sure that when you you are doing these programs, that you you care about them, that you're passionate about it. Because like you can fake it for a while, um, like you try anything once, right? But if it's something that you really want to sustain and make a a bigger part, like for me, that's the cross country and especially the um, the international travel. Those are the ones that I know are going to take precedence for me as far as other activities and uh, extracurricular opportunities that might present them to 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 me. Uh, and along with this, we haven't even talked about professional extracurriculars. So, of course, we have the stuff that involves the student, which is, as I'm sure you can tell by now, uh, as we're almost on like minute 16, 17 of this, uh, they're my passion. I really, really love working with students. I think that they are fascinating people. I want to spend all my time with them um, just because... I think it's so much fun to watch them grow and explore their world anyway but professionally there are so many extracurricular uh opportunities for you as well so in that I have led like a book club for my school I'm a member of the building leadership team I've been a core leader before so there are those pieces as well I um volunteered myself once for watching a extended school day kind of detention academic remedial program. Uh, and so there, those are those sorts of things that I've done. Uh, and in that one, again, prioritizing like what is, what is, what are you really passionate about and what's going to match your vision for your professional life and aligns with the school's vision as well. And so those two, those three things, I guess, passion, and then your personal vision and ethics and then the school's vision and ethics uh, should all really align when you choose your professional extracurriculars. And I like for, for myself, I like ones that really focus on building culture, um, a culture where students and staff are feel very welcome and are willing to take risks uh, as we've talked about in our, our risk environment podcast earlier this season. So those things are really important to me. I like being a part of those. I like being a part of the building leadership team and getting to see the direction that my, my school's going to take. I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed I'm going to miss this PLC uh, grant that we got, which is going to allow for some additional training there, because I think that would be a really neat thing to see grow as far as like how is that going to bring uh, new success and academic focus to our school. So there are those pieces that you want to look at as well, but then also really be cognizant of your time. Uh, because again, like we talked about in the self-care episode, you only have so many hours in a day, like you have 24 and I really hope that you're spending at least eight of them asleep. So (laughs) you also need to have a life outside of school. As much as I want to spend time with my students, um, I still need time away from them. And I need outside hobbies as well. So when I've gotten really unbalanced with my extracurriculars, I do I no longer have a home life I am spending all my time at school all my time with students um, or colleagues and that's not healthy either so making sure that you have a really set, a good balance where you're feeling that your cup is still full so that you can pour out and give to others with your extracurriculars is great and that's gonna look different for every person so please as you're listening if you can only do one thing um, or you can just like you make it to your staff meetings or your core meetings or whatever or your department meetings, whatever it might be, that's okay. If that's all you can give, that's okay. Uh, You don't have to be super mega involved to be an excellent teacher and to be someone who cares about students. We all have different uh, levels of like need for time alone and for self-care as well as like different things happening in our personal lives. So I think as I continue with this career, I will see an in, like uh, an ebb and flow in my ability to say yes to these extracurriculars and really be a part of them. Um, and as new teachers, I know like especially it's so easy to say yes to everything because you just want to see what this is about and how can you be involved. And then as we get older, we get a little bit more discerning. <laughs> um, but then I think that the flip side can happen too, where we just start saying no to things um, because we really engage with our home life. And like, again, all of this is okay. Um, making sure that you have the balance that works for you is definitely what I would suggest. Um, because extracurriculars, there's so many opportunities in your school to work with students and your colleagues and, some of them are so exciting, but you might not have the time. And so just checking in with yourself of like, does this align with what you want to do and your your mission and your career and your vision for what you want to do And does it, does it actually fit into your life? Do you have the time and the capacity to give to it at this moment? Um, And if you don't, like, don't be afraid to say no. Uh, Some of the ways that I might suggest saying no, if you're one of those people like me who really struggles with this, uh, and this is the thing that I've practiced for a while, is saying like, hey, this really doesn't work for me now because... I just have too many other things happening in my life, but please keep me in mind for future opportunities. As long as like you're saying it that way, where you've got some sort of bend toward the future, where if this comes along later, they're going to remember to ask you as well as you can keep an eye out for it as well. When you finally have enough time on your schedule or you're in a better place somehow, um, you just have the availability to do that extracurricular thing. You can go and ask about it. Oftentimes people aren't going to say no to an extra pair of hands and an extra brain on a project. So just some things to keep in mind of keeping an eye out for the things that you want to do so that you're ready, um, as well as when they come along and you're not. Just letting people know that like, no, this is really cool and I really appreciate what you're doing, but... I can't help with it now, but maybe in the future. So those are my h- hints and help for this week and extracurriculars and setting boundaries. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Teacher Radio. You can find us on all the socials, primarily Instagram and Twitter at Teacher Radio. And you can also shoot us an email if you've got a question or a comment or an idea for a future episode at Teacher Radio Podcast at gmail.com. Happy teaching!